Hey guys, welcome to Activism Uncensored with the Brown Activists, a series where we discuss activism from a Gen Z perspective. This season, hosts Prerna Manakshi and Meg will tackle all things activism in the South Asian community, from cultural awareness to stigmas. On today's podcast episode, the Brown Activists will take on stigma and mental health. My name is Sanjana, and today we'll be talking about the stigma of mental health in South Asian communities with the Brown Activists. According to the South Asian Public Health Association, one out of five U.S. South Asians experience mood or anxiety disorder in their lifetime. This rate is higher than the average rate overall, highlighting the issue of how mental health needs to be taken seriously in our community. Overall, we've all noticed that there is a general stigma against mental health, and we realize that it needs to be taken more seriously. So do you guys feel like this stigma is limited just to American South Asians, or do you feel like this stigma is just been around in South Asia and has been brought to America? I definitely agree that like the stigma on mental health and like all these mental health problems are not just solely based in America. Speaking from personal experience, I used to live in India and like roughly in South Asia, just because of societal pressures to be successful, you can notice a lot of mental health issues. Like I've had personal experiences where I was living in a city and I had pressures on how I was supposed to look like and, you know, how popular I was supposed to be, the friends I had to hang out with and all those pressures, they really start to build up on you when you have expectation over expectation on you. And then it all just kind of builds up into this big ball of stress when you realize you have so much pressure from what society perceives you as that you you can't be your own individual because you're just so focused on how you're doing mentally because of other people. And I feel like that also can translate into America, but also it's two different experiences entirely. Here in America, there are like obviously like mental health problems that a lot of us like even on this call have experienced, but when compared to India, I feel like America, you know, you have people who've already like addressed the mental health problems in like, you know, like going to therapy, you know, you have like different organizations focused on mental health, where in India, it's way less serious of a topic, and everyone hides their issues, you know, it's all like, it's all covered up under wraps. And you know, it's never serious as oh you have to go to the doctor no they're all gonna hide it they're all gonna hide their issues to keep up that image of being successful and being you know what society should perceive them as right I definitely agree with what you said Meg and I would also say that like there is a stigma in South Asia but I think it's carried over into um the NRIs and the people that live here and it manifests into something different because in India, yes, there is a lot of pressure, but it's totally different from what the pressures are like in America. Like specifically speaking, when it comes to like children here and I guess really just immigrants in general in America, you're kind of expected to do really well because your parents worked really hard. Like you have to I guess, in a sense, be grateful for what they did. And you have to keep working hard to be at the same level, because then what was the point of working hard, if you can really put it that way? So I definitely think that there's a stigma in both societies, but it's completely different. It's not the same. I also believe that in America, um, South Asian kids here have more access to therapy and they have more people to look for when they're facing something mentally. While in India, 
they can't go to their parents or go to some relatives and be like, hey, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with this. It's harder in India definitely to get mental health than it is here in America. Mm-hmm. And building off of that, the reason why it's so hard to get like treatment over there or talk to your parents is because the like a lot of the like subjects which um, kids and like teens and people are just facing mental health problems from are completely different when you consider India versus America. Um, living in India, I noticed that like, oh, wherever I went to school, there wasn't that much pressure to be successful like as Perna was saying like in school like a lot of people had like worse grades than me or better grades than me but it wasn't so competitive when I was there as in the U.S. like the U.S. is like very cutthroat with their competition what I'm seeing India is also pretty cutthroat but in a different way you're cutthroat in like competition and society I remember like living in like um Hyderabad when I was in India and over there I had like my relatives like like telling me how like skinny I should be or telling me like how like I need to like talk in Telugu all the time and it was really just like talking about you know society and how you act like outside of like the classroom that was really like building up on mental health and you can't just go to your therapist and be like oh so my cousin told me to be skinny I don't know how to like deal with that and while it, it's such a big problem, but it's really just like two pronged when you consider America and India. I definitely agree with the accessibility part. And you can also really see how big of a difference there is between America and India. Like in America, you can see that they actually have advertisements for like different, you know, therapy platforms or, you know, even going and seeing a, a doctor in person. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, when it comes to India, like, I don't think there's so much of a visibility when it comes to therapy and getting help. Um, And also, there is a difference between like, getting to therapy financially versus it being socially acceptable, because in India, it's just not talked about as much like in here, it's beginning to be a lot more normalized, especially with COVID and everything, it really affected everyone's mental health. So the conversations we're beginning to be started a lot more, but I don't think we're necessarily at that point in India. While I agree from what both of you guys are saying, like definitely the case in India and America, it's like totally different. However, um, you know, America has other factors that play into it, such as, you know, diversity. We're in a totally different environment. But at the same time, the immigrants who are coming to America, they generally tend, from what I've seen, to very keep their ideals very conservative and stick to it, especially since they're in a new environment. They feel like, you know, their kids that will be raised in America may lose their traditional values. So with that, I think that they tend to be a bit more like strict and you know, in the case of mental health, I feel like they're a bit more strict with it. Um, It's true that I, I definitely agree that the topic of mental health is talked about way less in India than America. But at the same time, for for Indian American kids and South Asian kids in general, um, it may be hard for them to at least tell their parents that they're seeking therapy or seeking whatever the case is, because, you know, I mean, from what I've seen, like, 
you know, typically South Asian parents will be like, oh, you're, you're dealing with this, you know, just go for a walk or something. It's in your head and stuff. And it's really not that much different than what people from India are saying. But it is true that Indian American kids definitely have more access in general. But when it comes to like family issues, it may be different depending on how conservative the parents are. I have to agree. You can, there's actually like evidence like in the US that you can see about like how like as families are immigrating, you can see that like these conservative values and like traditions that these parents are trying to uphold. It's like more and more prominent with like the newer generation. Like consider this, you have like in the 1980s and 1990s, you know, you didn't have a lot of Indian populations here. You know, you had like, like some of the people who are coming here for like IT jobs who are just moving. And, you know, just because there's not a huge, huge community of like, uh, like, like, South Asian population as well. You know, there's obviously not that much like societal pressure right now. You're just starting to form the community. But you know, when you get to the late 2000s and 2010s, where now you literally have like our high school in Frisco that are like completely like 25, 30% just Indian, right? Just, just South Asian as well, right? You like, as more people are immigrating and as more like high schoolers are like, you know, like South Asian and, you know, these populations are all filling in. You can kind of see that like, it's been increasingly more and more competitive at school, you know, because all of these like conservative ideals of, oh, you have to be successful as well, right? It's coming in from India, you know, with these immigrant parents and like, you know, just the thought of being successful and with that, the mental health pressure. So that's why you kind of see like, like, mental health like pressures and like the stigma kind of increasingly build with the generation as you start to form the Indian community. I definitely agree that in a lot of cases, um, when immigrants come here, especially South Asian immigrants, they bring along their conservative values and traditions because they really want to uphold them and continue them. They don't want their children to lose their heritage or anything like that. But I also feel like there's a lot of cases in which there are a lot of progressive families. And I think you can definitely see that with the different professions that a lot of South Asian immigrants are in. Like, for example, there are a lot of doctors, right? And so you would have to like go, come to school here to you know get the degree. And so I think that whenever they have to come as an immigrant when they're younger, they tend to be more progressive because they know what the environment is like. They're able to understand it when it comes to their children and how they feel with the competition and uh, any like scenarios like that. So I think that it's a case of both instead of just one or the other, because I feel like there are a lot of families that are beginning to hold more progressive ideals and they're starting to understand what it's like for their kids. I agree with what you said with how families are becoming more progressive, especially from what I've seen with ABCD or like um, American born Indians who have been here for like the last 40, 50 years. And then they're starting new families. They're bringing the ideals, not only that their immigrant families gave, but from their experience in America. So they're, you know, definitely way less conservative in general than what their parents give which is good because, you know, now the South Asian community is getting not just the conservative ideas about mental health from immigrants in India, but 
a more Americanized way of looking at mental health. And I also think that it's good for global change. Um, like similar to what you guys are doing, I've seen a lot of mental health organizations like Break the Stigma that are spreading it globally. And I also noticed that in general with um, our generation, Generation Z, um, a lot of new change has been happening. I know that in India, it's definitely way more strict. The topic of mental health, way less talked about, but I've seen that our generation is the one that is starting change, even though um, a lot of them um, do come from conservative families, at least this, you know, talk on the internet, talk on social media about mental health is starting to do some change. So what I actually wanted to ask specifically is, have you guys like noticed mental health um, stigma for specific disorders or disabilities? Or do you guys just feel like there's just been a stigma in general? There is a huge uh, stigma against mental disabilities. Um, when I, I'm an immigrant and when I moved uh, to Texas, I have a younger sister who has severe autism. And from my experiences as someone who's always been with this sister, I can say that the Indian community, the brown community in general, has outcasted us and isolated us in many ways. I feel like mental disabilities in India are often hidden. The parents like to hide the children, hide the family members that have these mental disabilities because they're not seen as perfect. Um, although I can say that the Indian community in America is getting better at this, like for example, my mother likes to, um, she likes to uh, show that our sister has been doing amazing with autism and has grown to embrace her autism. And I feel like more parents and more South Asians in general need to accept that disabilities are natural and disabilities aren't the downfall of Indians in general, because yeah, there's a lot of isolation when it comes to kids with disabilities. I believe that Indians in India have this very, like they don't have respect to those in, that are disabled. And in America, uh, Indian Americans are getting better at respecting those with disabilities. And I believe that the mental stigma against those specifically like with autism, ADHD, Asperger's is way worse than it is with those with depression because uh, mental illnesses like depression, you can hide easily, right? But if it's visible disabilities like autism, you can't really hide it as much. You can clearly tell, you know, has severe autism. Um, so I believe that South Asian stigma against mental disabilities is way worse in India because of the isolation they give towards those with disabilities. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. Um, actually, this is reminding me of the movie Tare Zaminpar, if any of you guys watched it. Um, you know, how they treated a kid just with ADHD, just a learning disability, but they isolated him totally. His family, you know, did not understand that he just simply had a learning disability, but to their eyes, it was like, you know, what is wrong with my child? You know, why isn't he normal? Why isn't he like the rest of society's children? And I definitely agree with you on that, Minakshi, about how America definitely treats children with disabilities far better. They know how to handle it and they know how to, you know, normalize it. Because in India, especially, I feel like they just tend to isolate kids because it's like, 
you know, why aren't they like normal? Why aren't they like everyone else? But they don't realize that everyone is different. Everyone has their own things. Like everyone is unique. So yes, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I, I agree with the whole um, isolating and the parents wondering what's wrong with my child without actually looking into the disabilities. It was really much the same case with my family. It was like, oh, how should we treat or treat um, Shreya? But later on, it, because my mother and my father decided to put in the research and see how can we make her life the best and how can we do, what, what can we do to make her feel better and make her experience the same things we do. And I feel like that's, that's something American Indians have. They, they're willing to put in the research and willing to learn about disabilities that is not seen in India because in India, you're more likely to hide it, isolate, and they're not willing to put in the research, which is why that stigma is way worse in India than in, not, and not in America. I, I think the biggest thing that mental health disabilities and mental health issues in general connect to is really like the idea of what will people think, because instead of thinking about like, you know, how can I help myself or how can I help um, my friend or the person that is in need like how can I help them live a better life and help them improve it's really like what are people going to think about this if I tell them that I have this issue or my friend has this issue they're going to think that oh we're like outcasts and things like that and I think that's like probably the biggest barrier in terms of getting help and like addressing the issue is that you know people will think what are they going to say about me? And what, uh, what if they think that, you know, we're weird people or, you know, we're going to be outcasts. And I think like, once we start to get rid of this sort of thinking, that's really when we can make a big impact and truly make a change and make mental health um, treatment more accessible. And I believe that American Indians can put away that mentality and we can grow together as a community in America by putting aside the, the idea that we shouldn't care what other people think about our issue, our mental health and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, like what you guys were saying, the barrier that is really limiting us as a community from destigmatizing this is just, you know, societal expectations and pressure. And, you know, once we just abandon that and realize, you know, the first step is just awareness, like what you were saying, Meenakshi, the first step is really just to look into it, research and um, be more aware of what it is. And once you put expectations aside and do that, then, you know, you've already destigmatized the topic of mental health and just having conversations about it. And I think that this personally really reminds me of the model minority myth. Um, I know since you guys are activists, I'm sure you guys have a lot to say on that. So I'm excited to see what you guys uh, say on that. Yeah, I think especially for immigrants and like those who now live in America as immigrants or, you know, first or second generation Indian Americans, I think the model minority myth is probably the equivalent of what will people think in terms of what is the barrier because there's so much pressure on us to you know be good do well and do well in school and you know do well academically do well in life be successful that it really adds up eventually and it becomes too much for a lot of people like me included and I think that's definitely where 
we really struggle because we feel that we can't really voice our issues or what we're struggling with because our parents have worked so hard for us to come here. You know, they gave us all these opportunities. So it's like, why are we complaining or who are we to complain? Because, you know, they did all this hard work, like, and we live such a great life here or we live such great lives here. So like, what are we doing complaining, you know? But I feel like once we start thinking of it as like, yes, you can be living great lives but you can also struggle too and I think once we start to normalize that sort of thinking then we can really you know make a change and really start encouraging people to get treatment and that's when people do much better in terms of their mental health. I got to agree Perna you know and talking about like treatment and how like the model minority myth ties into all this because the model minority myth is, you know, about like how South Asian, like, like well-being is kind of linked to success and how successful we are in life. You know, we all have experiences on this call, you know, at high school directly, whether it be in Frisco, in North Carolina, you know, wherever we are, you know, I've, I've heard stories of people in Frisco and Plano, you know, especially because of school, they're just taking like depression pills and they're very like suicidal as well um, because of just like this general pressure and this myth that like, you know, you have to be successful because, you know, outside of just our communities, you see other people who like, you know, if you get like a B on a test, it's not the end of the world for them. You know, I think we've all experienced this. Like we, we have such like high expectations that we have to get like a hundred or like a 97 on every single test. If not like, Oh, like you're, you're basically failing, right? You have all these pressures at school and because like the entire community faces this as well. It's not just one single person in the community because we all have this higher expectation on ourselves because we have to be successful, right? So because we all have that expectation on ourselves, it also correlates into, oh, all of us are kind of facing these mental health issues by ourselves, right? And basically when we start to share like our expression of like, mental health issues with other people like our friends we sort of start getting desensitized that's something i really noticed that like oh if you're in a group chat on imessage and you're talking about oh i think i have depression guys someone on the group chat's probably gonna say me too twinning right especially in the south asian community you just have so many people facing the same issues just because of that pressure from the communities you live in. You have all these aunties and uncles within your own community, like Lexington, you know, Richwoods, you have all those big like South Asian communities. And you know, you have like those specific like the fr family friend groups where everyone's talking about like how successful you are, what college you get into. All of the, all of this talk, all this judgment, as we were talking about before, it directly links into school, which directly links into our mental health issues and, you know, desensitization of the topic because everyone faces it. So it's like not a big deal anymore, which is something that we need to talk about because depression shouldn't be like not a not serious topic. It is a very serious topic that the South Asian community has just perceived as something normal now. I definitely agree. I mean, this desensitization that forms, especially with um, South Asian Americans who were raised here, like, you know, depression, anxiety becomes normalized. And honestly, I feel like 
personally, it undermines the experience. Like, like what you were saying, say you come out to your other South Asian friends about your mental health experiences. Like, I think I have depression or I think I have anxiety. I think I have, you know, a lot of trauma from my childhood or whatever, whatever you come out with. I feel like, you know, when everyone else just says, yeah, sure. It's not a big deal. Like we all have it. It kind of like, it, it kind of creates its own stigma in a way, because from what I've seen personally, like whenever you bring topics up, you know, since everyone else has dealt with similar things, it kind of is like, you know, why are you seeking therapy for it? Like we all have it. It's not a big deal. So from it being so normalized, the actual problems also become normalized, which can be really problematic. Yeah, I definitely agree. And also, it becomes normalized in the wrong way. Like, yes, it should be okay for a person to, you know, come out and say, like, yes, I have anxiety, and I'm dealing with it, or I have depression, and I'm dealing with it. And I'm able to address this issue. But then when you think of it the other way, it's just like, oh, I have depression, or I have anxiety, or I have OCD, like, it becomes normalized in the wrong way. And then people realize that it's or people really think that it's not that big of an issue when it really is. And that's when we also hit another barrier. The unhealthy normalization of um, South Asian teenagers having depression, suicidal thoughts is because not only are we being dismissed because of the model minority myth, it's because of the intense pressure that is being put on from our schools, from our families, from our relatives, from everything together just piles up into everyone having this desensitization towards mental health in general. And that's also another really big thing. It's not just our parents and our relatives putting this pressure on us. It's also people outside of our community who are putting this pressure on us. And because of this model minority myth, you have schools who think like, oh, you're Asian, you can't get a bad grade. Or like, I thought you were smart. That sort of like thinking. That also makes it really worse for us. It feels like we can't take a, like, we can't have mistakes or we can't do bad once in a while. And then this builds up all the stress and eventually it'll come crashing down at one point in our life. Firstly, also, I wanted to quickly mention, you know, about like the role our community plays within this desensitization, especially like I've experienced this, especially going to a Frisco high school that like, like conversely to like how like society pressures us. I want to talk about like how, you know, when you have desensitization within the family and within the friend group, you know, when you bring up your mental health problems to someone who isn't used to desensitization and who actually takes it serious, you can really see the big contrast between how someone in a South Asian community would perceive like mental health issues and how someone outside of this community would. I'm going to give an example. For example, I had like a couple of like mental health problems back in March where I had horrible sleeping habits. I had horrible eating habits. It was really bad. And I had to bring it up to one of my teachers because I was not doing good in a class at the time. And she was genuinely worried about me. And I was shocked because like I, I told my friends about my mental health problems and I told my 
my parents and I feel like there was completely different reactions between the two we have my friends and my parents saying oh cool you you were not doing good you know just feel better and then like my teacher was like genuinely like very worried about me she was just like oh um are you feeling okay are you doing good and it was to the point that like when I brought up my mental health issues with her to the very next classes because I had first period with her on a days to the next classes for the like entire rest of a day and b day she asked them if they were doing okay mentally like that's how she reacted to you know like mental health issues versus how you know people in the south asian community reacted to like the issues and i feel like just because of the contrast in reactions between the two you can clearly like you see how much pressure is just built on us from this community that's something the community and like teenagers in general really need to work on because we're so used to telling each other, oh my God, like we're all suicidal. Oh my gosh, we all have depression. But none of us actually take each other seriously at this point. And especially in high schoolers, because of the intense pressure, um, we can see how badly each, each and every one of us is, de- is like desensitized and normalized to all the depression, suicidal thoughts. And that's something we all need to work on. We all need to actually take a moment to realize, oh, we're all going through something very big and we should actually try to help each other out or at least acknowledge that um, we all need help. Yeah, like it's okay to make jokes about it, but like there's also a point where you kind of have to stop and think like, I am really going through something and I need to get help. We can't just like keep joking about it and making fun of it and not get help, you know? Yeah, you know, and I'm sure that um, many of my South Asian friends and family don't mean harm by it. Like, they're not purposely, consciously like, oh, I'm just going to ignore what you said about your mental health problems because I don't think it's a big deal and I don't think you should better yourself. Like, obviously, they do care, but that's just the very problematic result of normalizing mental health problems. They don't even see it as a big issue And a lot of unfortunate things can come from it. And it can even go as extreme to the point as losing your friend or family member because of it. So, yes, like jokes are okay, you know, jokes like lighthearted jokes. But there is a very fine line from making jokes to, you know, not valuing that person and their problems and hearing what they have to say. So I think that more people, especially South Asian Americans who are raised in the U.S. and are going to continue having families like you guys need to hear that, you know, don't just because you experienced it with your parents and with your community doesn't mean you have to pass it on. You know, it's during this generation that we should break all these stigmas in our community. That way, future generations can be better off with dealing with mental health. And that actually brings up a great point of generational trauma that is carried from family to family. So in India, a lot of us on this call, I'm gonna assume that most of us had immigrant parents or were immigrants ourselves. So our parents we know have gone through many, um, I don't know how severe each of us are, but some of our parents have gone through very severe trauma back in India. It could be sibling trauma, it could be Um, parents and it could be simply as simple as um, holding in depression holding in anxiety and all that stuff and when our parents moved or when our grandparents moved to America they brought all that trauma with them 
to America. And I feel like an issue that Indian Americans face is that the, our parents repeat the cycle and pass on this trauma down to their children. And it's something that our generation really needs to stop either by fixing the neck, uh, fixing the parenting style we're gonna have to our children or by simply educating our parents on why we need to get mental health as a family or we all need to go to therapy. Uh, because generational trauma is severe and it's an issue within South Asian community. For example, let's say my father has severe anxiety that he got from his uh, parents. He passed it on to his children through being strict, through um, aggression and all that stuff. And I feel like it's a continued cycle. You can see that it's something that his parents faced and that his grandparents faced. And you can see that it's a circle of trauma, trauma, trauma. Mm-hmm. I have to agree, Manakshi. And, you know, conversely, when talking about my experience with generational trauma, you know, um, Manakshi, on one hand, you had the generational trauma, for example, you know, from India directly. And then, you know, as your parents moved here and as you moved here, you know, kind of conversely led into generational trauma. Um, in my experience, it actually was kind of like when my parents decided to immigrate to the United States that like the generational trauma really started. And this is especially true for like, like the topic of like isolation within the family. So like, obviously, you know, back in like the, like the seventies and eighties, when my parents were like actually back in India, you know, before they moved, you know, they were all with their families and they would generally like, you know, be with each other in their families. But, you know, once they actually immigrated to like the U.S. in the 90s, um, that's when, you know, like, because like isolation within the family, because I only have like I have like very few relatives that actually live in the United States and all my other relatives are in India, you know, and that sense of isolation kind of passed down to me, like, you know, because they moved to the U.S. So, like I conversely, like barely have contact with, you know, my relatives in India and, you know, moving to India, like for like a couple of years was the only contact we had. And, you know, the isolation stays you know, from when I was originally living here in Plano back in when I was younger to moving to India, like the isolation of never talking to my cousins outside of like the one month summer trip. It really shows because like, I don't know the language properly, like Telugu, and they're all like conversing in like the mother tongue they speak in. And, you know, they all have their personal stories of hanging out with each other. And, you know, my entire family feels isolated from you know, not conversing with them. And it just feels really awkward in that situation. I feel like generational trauma really exists from, you know, like my parents isolated from their family in India to me being isolated, you know, culturally. I agree. Generational trauma can be both mentally, physically, and verbally. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And I've, I've along to your idea of isolate, um, isolation and all that stuff, I feel like Indian Americans don't have that same connection to their culture or relatives that Indians have, right? Um, You mentioned that. Uh, For example, when we're in America, we don't have the same cultural experiences um, our relatives have in India. We don't have the same temple experiences or religion experiences, or we don't have the we don't have similar people who speak our mother tongue, which makes it really hard to um, connect with our relatives. And I also believe that relates to identity issues that really separates the experiences Indian Americans have to Native Indians. Yeah, I can definitely relate to the idea of isolation because all of my family live overseas. They either live in India or like they're 
somewhere around the world, but they, I don't have any family in America that are Indian, right? So it's really just my immediate family. And I think that that kind of isolation is probably what leads me to have like a lot of South Asian or Indian friends, because I can kind of relate more to them and the experiences that we have. And so I definitely think that the isolation that a lot of um, South Asian immigrants and children have, it leads to a lot of mental health issues as well. A lot of us have family that we either aren't connected to or are just all the way in India, which leads to us feeling out of place in America. And even though we have a lot of Indian friends, most of the people here in Frisco speak Telugu or Tamil, while I speak Malayalam. I don't have many people here that speak the same language. That led to a lot of issues with me in high school because I had no one to relate to culturally because they had their Telugu experiences, they had their Tamil experiences. And I was like, well, who do I relate to? I got to agree, except like, you know, I speak Telugu and I can't really say that like no one speaks Telugu, especially in my high school or in Frisco. But, you know, as I was saying, I don't really know Telugu that well because I grew up in a household where I was taught English more because my parents were afraid that I wouldn't be able to like, you know, adapt to the community here where everyone spoke English. So I didn't learn Telugu really. So I just understand it. Right. And that gave me a big barrier for the actual Telugu community in Frisco. Like I have a lot of friends who speak Telugu and who know all the traditions, but I don't really know the traditions. I'm not culturally connected, you know, to India. And even though some of them have never even lived in India, they still have a bigger cultural connection to their heritage than I do. I mean, we, like we barely celebrate any like festivals or like you know have any Telugu traditions just because like we've been so like invested in like you know the American culture or what is considered American that you know Indian really left us and you know tying that back into like mental health um since that's a big thing we're kind of talking about the isolation not only from country to country, continent to continent, but also community to community within Frisco itself. You know, I've literally always like felt like, oh, if I redid my life over, maybe I would consider getting more connected to my heritage and, you know, having a childhood where I could better connect to people who are like also Telugu and also like in the community in Frisco and, you know, have a better time like celebrating festivals or like talking the language. But, you know, it's, it's always been on my mind and I've always had kind of like depression from like, not really depression, just a lot of anxiety about, you know, the isolation within Fresco. So I, that's a big thing. I agree with both Meg's and Minakshi's points because I also speak a language that isn't very, I guess, common in America when it comes to the South Asian community. I speak Odia and there aren't a lot of, you know, members of the Odia community in North Carolina where I live now, but also it wasn't very common in Dallas either. Yes, we did have one, but it wasn't like as big as the Telugu community. And I also don't speak my language at home. I speak English and I've always been speaking English. Like that was the first language I ever spoke. So whenever I go back to India, I feel very disconnected because I can't easily converse with my family members. And so I think that's another part of the cultural divide that, you know, a lot of Indians and South Asians have here in America. Right. You know, I feel like each generation is presented with its own um, mental health problems. But for our generation specifically, or even the generation of Indian immigrants coming to America in 
starting in the 60s and 70s, we're presenting with something entirely different. You know, we're coming to not only a new country, but one that is very diverse and very different. And, you know, that can come with its own set of problems. You know, that America does have a lot of racism. There are a lot of stereotypes and even hatred targeted towards South Asians. And this can create a whole other mental health experience. And it's true that, you know, just being isolated itself can create a lot of cultural divide, um, a loss of heritage. But I mean, we also have to consider the fact that a lot of us are forced to adapt to be American. And, you know, being very Indian is considered lame, honestly, from what I've observed in school systems since kindergarten, you know, bringing cultural food, speaking your mother tongue are all things that are just considered unusual, unusual. And it's like, why are you not adapting to American standards? So not only is there isolation to consider, but there are definitely other factors. But that can be a whole other conversation in itself, because the topic of Racism is just something that is unfortunately a really heavy topic with a lot of factors on its own. I agree. And also, um, when it comes to mental health for the South Asian community um, in America, they have to deal with isolation from their own community, isolation from their relatives, isolation from other people, like because, you know, diversity and like non-South Asian folks. And so that can all just build up and lead to so much pressure for an individual, a South Asian individual in America. And I think another, you know, important aspect of this is the idea of class and how it relates to like accessibility of mental health treatment, because especially in areas in Frisco where I used to live, you can see that like it's generally more, I guess, wealthy compared to other areas in Texas. And so that also plays a role because finance isn't necessarily the problem when it comes to mental health treatment for a lot of South Asians, it's more of the social barriers that are prevalent. And I think that also shows the big contrast between, you know, um, other Americans versus like South Asians who live in America, because, you know, in America, it's more emphasized that, you know, finance is the issue, like people don't have insurance that covers the treatment or they can't afford it. It's, too expensive for them to go to therapy when that isn't necessarily the case for a lot of people who are from South Asia, they have the money or like they're able to afford it, but they don't feel comfortable going to treatment because, you know, they feel that they will be like seen as outcasts or they might be seen negatively in society. And class also plays a big role in India as well. You know, as we were kind of saying earlier um, in India, and, and when compared to America, like, you know, both the communities I've been in have been, you know, pretty wealthy, like communities in general. And, you know, with this wealth in both places, it comes the expectation that like, you need to be sex successful. And in order to be successful, you can't really have any like problem, like mental health problems. And that also comes with, you know, like, the expectation of you know like societal pressures and fitting into that societal mold it's not only there in india it's there in us as well and you know one of the big pieces in that mold is not having any like mental health problems and like being perfectly fine while all these like 
expectations and pressures are being thrown at you, you know, what job you need to be, how you need to look, and then like how you're doing mentally. And because we have like higher class, I know, like, especially with like, for example, like what career path a lot of people should take. There's a lot of pressures on people and people get a lot of anxiety over, you know, what career path they should take. But it's not the fact that they have choices on their career path. It's just the lack of choices. You know, how many times has an, like a brown parent come to you and say like, okay, so you have a couple of choices on your career. You can do business, you can do law, you can be a doctor. And that's about it. Like you don't have much option because, you know, these the higher class, the expectation to be successful, you know, the fact that you can afford college, you can afford all this stuff, you know, means that you need to like follow the path that your parents have chosen for you. And this conversely can lead into so many problems like of like, oh, I don't have the freedom of choice. And it's really funny because America is literally the land of the free. Like you have the American dream because like people like get to do what they want and they get to make money out of it. And they're all feeding into the American system of like the labor force and working. But, you know, with South Asian communities, you just have like the set, like standard for career options you can choose. And from there, you can obviously see that, like, you know, the class expectations of the jobs you need to take and how you look and that your mental health are just all feeding into that societal mold that your community wants you to take. Yeah, definitely. I have to agree with you on that, Meg. Um, I know for not, I know that each family is technically different in their financial situation, but I do know that majority of people coming to America are are generally lower middle class or middle class. You know, there's not a lot of wealth being brought. Most Indian Americans um, success stories come from working their way up. And, you know, now in Frisco, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, Lexington and all these other communities. I mean, we're higher middle class for sure. We are definitely financially stable, but these expectations of, you know, money, you know, career choices, we need to always be secure, secure, secure. It's like we, it's like these insecurities of financial stability still exist and This is what creates such high pressure expectations, like only doctor, lawyer, engineer, business, and that's about it. And the reason for that becomes from these expectations, because for some reason, like any other career will, you know, not bring you that financial stability in their eyes. And that's why they're not open to you hearing any other career choice. Like, I'm sure if you guys told your parents, like, I want to pursue something in arts, um, I'm sure they would not they would prefer you to do something in the medical field over something in the arts field or any other field honestly because they know from what they know um these career choices are what give you financial financial stability which is ironic considering that you know we don't really have to worry about that as much you know america has diverse opportunities for everyone but i'm glad that you know with the um, Indian Americans and ones that are being brought here, just generation, our generation in general, you know, I am glad that we're able to break down these barriers by having these conversations and just start by talking about it, you know, just talking about what is right and wrong, not only with the generations previously, but what our generation can do, you know, it starts with taking mental health seriously. It starts with, you know, not 
making jokes that, you know, go too, go too far and just activism in general, you know, bringing light to this conversation because it's something that previous generations couldn't do, but, you know, day by day we are getting there. So I'm really glad that we were able to have this conversation and just talk about our mental health experiences on here. I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, I'm sure I could go on for much longer. Right. This could definitely be a part two, um, just because there are so many factors to consider in the topic of mental health in our community. And we've only really skimmed the surface, but I'm glad that we were able to cover a lot of factors that are generally not talked about. You know, every time I hear about the mental health stigma, it's pretty much just like talk about it more. But what most people aren't realizing is that there are a ton of factors that go into why this stigma even exists and how the stigma plays in to other things like career-wise, um, how you do in school, your expectations, and how that's passed on to future generations. But um, And with that, we wrap up our episode for today. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Brown Activist and on Twitter at The Brown Activist underscore. Thank you for joining us and see you next episode.